Hello and welcome to the Footy on the Med podcast. Join Alex Wade and John O'Hare as they explore football clubs and football culture along the Mediterranean coast. Thanks, voiceover guy. And now to this week's game. And it couldn't be more local. The game was played in Monton, M-E-N-T-O-N. It's pronounced Monton. Monton is a small beach town on the Franco-Italian border where Alex and I live with our respective families. Monton's opposition this week was Cagnes Lecro. That's C-A-G-N-E-S-L-E-C-R-O-S. Enjoy. Before we go any further, a word of thanks to our sponsors. Yes, sponsors plural. We are delighted that Pitch Publishing and Performance Film and Media are now sponsoring Footy on the Med. For more info, see our homepage. But for now, let's just say Pitch is the UK's leading sportsbook publisher, while Performance Film and Media are the go-to guys for your insurance needs for anything creative, making films, writing books, why even making podcasts. So head to footyonthemed.com and scroll to the bottom of the homepage for more information. Time for the first half. Footy on the Med today comes from uh, Monton's ground, uh, the town of Monton on the French Riviera where John and I live. Quite why it's taken us so long to come to such an easy local game, I don't know. But one consequence is this. We're actually here before the start, which is one of the rare things for footy on the Met. Uh, today, Monton, who are uh, coming to this game having lost their last five in a row, 3-0 away to two long second team last weekend. Today, they take on Cadney-le-Cros, the team from Cadney-sur-Mer, uh, about 40 kilometres away to the west, also on the coast. It's going to be a tough game for Monton. Uh, they were comprehensively beaten last weekend. Their trainer, Stéphane Collet, uh, lamented a very poor defensive play. Uh, Monton weren't helped by having a player sent off Mazella in the 38th minute of that game. Should be interesting today. Crowd of about um, 35, 40 people. Beautiful afternoon here on the Riviera. Wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Uh, gently baking in the sun. Well, a late um, burst of um, activity has seen the crowd swell from about 35 to 40 to probably 55 now with uh, two minutes before kickoff. Players have now come onto the pitch. Uh, Monton wearing blue and white stripes, um, blue shorts, white socks. Uh, Cagnier Le Croix, uh, red shirts, blue shorts, uh, red and white socks. Uh, helpfully, Le Cagnois have the names of the players on the backs of the shirts. Unhelpfully, the Monton players don't have their names on the backs of the shirts. So, John, we're going to have no idea who they are. So, John, why haven't we been here before? Uh, it was too far away, wasn't it? I mean, it was at least one and a half kilometres for me and possibly a couple of hundred yards for you. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair to me, you did give me some tough information once about this ground. You told me that Monton don't play here. Yeah, I told you they played up in the mountains somewhere, but that was a cunning plan, you see, because what I wanted to do was go away to different places rather than just come here every week. No, well, you put me off the scent very successfully, because uh, here we are, four or five months into footy on the med, and now this is the first time we've managed to get to our local football club, Rapide de Monton. Or to give them their full name, of course, which is Rapide Omnisport de Monton. This is one of those games where you've done a bit of research, isn't it? Well, I had nothing else to do, did I? Because you only had to walk down the hill to come to the ground. So I thought, well, 
spend half an hour on Wikipedia. Yeah, and also another advantage about this uh, game, although I don't know if it will prove to be an advantage, is that our families are here with us, behind us, in fact. Yes, the total attendance of the game, about 8%, I would guess, is our family. The rest is about 40 people here, would you say? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, uh, For my daughter, um, this is her first experience of what she calls a live football patch. Oh, nice. Well, Benji has been here before to play actually on this pitch so that's a first for the podcast my son's yeah. actually played on this pitch and he's also played at louis the first the louis the second stadium in monaco actually he's played rugby there so he's a well-traveled young young sportsman he is for a seven-year-old and um esme's never played on this pitch but now she is watching it for the first time as the teams come together in a group hook separately of course not both teams <laughs> One giant hug. I mean, what if there was a new way of doing this so that the teams would huddle together before a game? So they would tell each other the tactics. Well, no, they just sort of have an inclusive, off. you know, we're all together, we're all in this together. Yeah, I don't think that's going to catch on that one, Alex. You don't think so? No. It does sound like we're a little bit whispering um, DJs this week, and here we are yeah. at the. Rapid de Monton. But the only problem is, if we speak any louder, every single person watching the game will just hear us talking. Yeah, this is our um, the sparsest attended game I think I've ever been to, actually. Apart from the ones I used to play in. We are sparse. Um, look at that for a ball, though. I'm intrigued to find out uh, or to view the standard of play here. I'm, I'm thinking there might be a number of instances in which we find my skill level, where we say, oh, John could have done that. As in, miss the ball, kick it out of play, whatever. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm giving them a disservice. Interestingly, the uh, two robust lads that I spotted warming up. Yeah. Um, the ones with the uh, rotund appearance. Okay. That made me for a split second, and that's all it was, think, you know, maybe it's not too late at 55 to turn up this lot. They're not actually playing. No, I think they, they were coaches of some capacity. They were just mates of a couple of the lads. Mates, yeah. <laughs> or dads. Well, that, you know, like Gaza had ten bellies. Was he five bellies or ten? Oh, was it five bellies? All right. Maybe I've put a couple too many bellies on him there. Yeah, to give some uh, colour to the level of football we're looking at here, um, let me just talk you through how this all works. So this is the 16th game of the championship, the R1 championship, and the first match of the second part of the season. And the R1 Championship is part of the Mediterranean Football League, which is overseen by the French Football Federation. From here, you can get promoted to National 3 Championship, which is League 1, League 2, National, National 2, and then National 3. So you could get from this league into the 6th Division. That's true. And um, I think, am I right in saying that Cagné um, Le Canois? They have actually played in a higher division. They played in, in the, the in third, Division 3, I yeah, think. The yeah, the third division, yeah. That was the highest ever honour. What is slightly in, important here is... Oh, we Hang have on. a visitor. Oh, fantastic. It's uh, Luciano, the chef architect. Buongiorno, Luciano. Buongiorno, buongiorno. How, how, bene, bene. How are you? That's good, good. While you were doing your hellos then, John, um, yeah. I've actually timed the Atletico Medico. And how was it here? It was two seconds. Well, they was right there next to the touchline, so... Bonjour, Eric, mon ami. It's the charming, handsome Frenchman. Bonjour. Ça va? Ça va, ça va. 
Do you know these teams? Uh, Monton, uh, they're playing Cagnes Sucro. Uh, not really. So, not really, yeah. Eric, um, yeah. the correct pronunciation, please, of Cagnes Le Croix. Cagnes Le Croix. Cagnes Le Croix. Fantastic. The uh, charming Frenchman. Can you get, can you get a programme yeah. for us, please? Yeah. That was what you achieved last time. Yeah, John, I am convinced that Monton are in the blue and white uh, and Cagnes uh, Le Croix are in red. But I've, um, as can Le Croix go close there. But I was wrong about the names of the players on the back of their shirts. Is it a sponsor? Unless they're all called... Um, Intersport. University Sport. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a big family. Yeah. It could be a family dynasty well, of football players. They were all in that very close-knit huddle before the game. Yeah, Closer true. than the Monton players. Yeah. So uh, we're, we have a digital apparatus opposite us as well. Yes, yeah, amazing. Surprised you haven't noticed that. I, did, us about I it did spot the digital clock with the moving numbers. Um, counting down in very American fashion, I might say. Yeah, we can, it tells us that we have 34 minutes, 33 seconds left to play of this half. Very even so far. It is very even. Uh, we should do a description of the ground. So it's next to a fairly busy road here in Monton, isn't it? It goes along the front, past the two beautiful harbours. Port de France, isn't it? Port de France. Yeah. And then directly opposite there, obviously, would be a couple of beaches. Um, but And then the sea. I mean, as you alluded to earlier, this is possibly one of the closest grounds to the Med we'll find on our travels. Yeah, I mean, beyond the ground, we are looking at the lovely shimmering blue of the Med right now, aren't we? We are. Palm Absolutely trees and stunning everything. stunning day here. Um, and it does, you know, make me think because, you know, yesterday I was very pleased to see my team QPR get a 2-1 win away at Coventry. Great, great can, that you got QPR <laughs> into the podcast yep. so early on. I was a bit worried. It'd been a minute. Consolidating our push for the uh, a playoff position or even automatic promotion. But, you know, away to Coventry in England mid-January versus sitting here in the sun, Monton, the sea in the background over there. Yeah, it's about the same standard as well. Um, so Steady. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to elevate QPR too highly there. Um, Liverpool play today, actually. They do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It's kick-off around about now. I think they're playing Palace, is it? Palace away? I think so, yeah. Kanye can counter now. Oh, lovely. Good ball. Absolutely lovely ball. He's offside. He's, he's offside. Ah, it's a close one there for the referee to call, but that was a lovely uh, set of triangles being played. Um, I liked it. Oh, that brings up something here. I've just reminded myself. My, uh, my brother... Who, who invented Stephen. I didn't mention his name on the podcast ever before. I felt sorry about that, Steve. Stephen, my brother, because I have three, um, who invented Atletico Medico. Yeah. Also sent me over a book for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Wilson's Inverting the Pyramid. Okay. Which is a, uh, a football tactics book, which he felt I was in desperate need of. <laughs> Only but because you kept on suggesting that the players should all just... Get in a bunch and follow the ball. Well, no, I have mentioned on the podcast before uh, pyramids and certainly Christmas time, uh, inverting the running yeah. the channels, yeah. all kinds of, of can we not just knock it? You know those kinds of things. I think you said chase it once as Ch well. Didn't I you? did say chase it, run this, in, get to space, man on. I've had, I've got loads, of, but now thanks to my brother, um, I can I can really throw in proper some lingo, proper lingo. So. Obviously, I read very slowly, and I have to put my finger under the words as I do so, so I can't read any right nice now. Nice control by the number eight for Monson there. Ooh. Oh, he's That's injured. a robust challenge, and this lad looks like he's really hurt one of his knees. Yeah, uh, he's banging the floor in ag agony. 
Now, Atletico Medico. It's got to be an Atletico Medico moment. And, and he's coming on now. Here he comes. One, two, three. A gentle four, stroll across the pitch. Five, six. An seven, orange clad Atletico Medico. Eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen. I'll call eighteen, nineteen. Eighteen seconds. He did have a. He, that was a very long time. And he had a bit of a shoulder roll swagger as he was running. He did. He knew that we all eyes were on him, all 48 pairs of eyes that are here today. He's going straight for the magic spray on what looked like it could have been a nasty knee ligament injury. Yeah. But I'm wondering, his nonchalance, does that belie the fact that he knows that this isn't a serious injury? Yeah. And we've talked possibly. about this before. The Atletico Medicos might be, ah, oh, look, it's Tomas again. He's always yeah, on the yeah. ground. Always bangs it a few times with his fist as he goes down. Yeah, uh, three bangs, I'm all right. Four bangs, yeah. send, send, send the stretcher. I wonder if there is that kind of baseball-y thing. Tip of the hat, touch the nose, bang the floor. Well, he's up. He's, up, oh, he's recovered from his broken leg. Uh, oh, no, he's limping he's off. Hobbling he's off. off. Well, maybe he has to go off before he can come back on again. My referee might have yeah. requested that. He's trying to uh, hop it off rather than run it off just then. Mm. I wonder if the players spot us in the crowd with these jumbo mics if they think to themselves, crikey, we've gone up a level. Presser here. Or um, scouts. Scouts, yeah. Pretty big recording equipment for scouts though, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think scouts need to have Unless we're doing a live feed of our scouting observations. Back to, you know, Manchester United HQ right now. All right, yeah, good one. Satellite-scouting.com. So your, um, your tactics book, though. Yeah. Do, can we look forward to some uh, a slightly different form of analysis from you now? Well, in all seriousness, I hope so. Uh, I did look at one of the chapters. It was had something to do with how communism killed the coffee house. So I'm not quite sure whether this is properly football tactics or if mm. it's a bit of a bit of a, uh, a misnomer in the title. Harnessing the carnival. Uh, you'll be hearing me say that quite a bit. Can we not harness the carnival, please, lads? I was just watching another robust challenge. Could be yet another early showing of the uh, Atletico Medico. Les Cagnois are not showing too much mercy in these tackles. They're not. The Atletico Medico might might be in himself. He might need some help after this. On and off the pitch. Back and forth. Oh, here, he here he is. Here he goes. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's got a moving target. Twelve, fourteen. Notice the undeviating 16, run, though. Eighteen, twenty. Slows to a walk. 24. Honestly, I'm almost home at that rate. <laughs> That's our longest yet. <laughs> Let's go, Medica. A full 24 seconds. And now he's taken the number 10 off the pitch and he's having a chat with him. That was a phenomenal control from the centre-back there. Lovely Good ball. Play. Good ball. Young lad, number nine on the right wing for Monton. Now as they attack, down near the goal line, comes inside to the number eight. Good cross, going to be overhit though. Yeah, yep. it is. Good little move by Monton then. Yes, very nice. Come on, the Montanese or the Montanesque. 
Well, I think we have to say in this one, we're definitely rooting for Monton, aren't we? Well, there's none of this unbiased objective commentary no, today. No. Come on, Monton. Definitely. Another corner, I think. Yep, Monton, second corner of the game. Well, if you were a boxing um, man, who would you be giving the points to for the first round? I reckon just about Monton, actually. Did I get my boxing analogy correct there? I think I did. You did. Seeing as this is um, the Rapid Omnisport de Monton, I'm going to try and bring in as many sports as I can during the podcast. So, so you've got boxing in. Yep, and football, so that's two. I'll, I'll, I'll seamlessly bring it in. Yeah, you won't even notice sometimes. Oh, what a beautiful day it is today. You could be windsurfing out on that beautiful sea out there. I think some people are. So you might not have noticed, but I did windsurfing then. <laughs> My God, did you? Yeah. It's <laughs> just got to be natural. And what are those sort of tall post-like structures over there in the harbour? They're called, well, I would say masts. You would say masts. Yes. As in headmaster. A, a mast. There is a mast. A mast. Which brings us to mind of the... Uh, Pursuit of sailing, doesn't it, John? It does. Uh, sailing um, is a wonderful thing to do. Penalty! Penalty! <laughs> the referee says no. Looked like a stonewall penalty to me. Now, the number nine again, and this Monton lad on the right wing, I really like him. He's really fast, really skillful, lovely step over then. Went down. He definitely made a lot of it and rolled around a bit, but it still, to me, was a penalty. Unlucky for Monton, that. The local gym owner and hotelier has just turned up to watch the game. How do you know he's a local uh, gym owner? Um, well, one, I've seen him almost every day. Our kids used to go to the same school. Two, uh, have you seen the size of the fella? And uh, three, <laughs> I've seen him go into his hotel often as well. And four, you've got shares in his gym? I don't have shares in his gym. I, I, I'm morally opposed to gyms. Oh, you're morally but opposed yeah, to gyms? I think it, the churches of the self-indulged, the, the narcissistic... They promote the idea that the external self is more beautiful than the internal one. <laughs> well, um, it's another one of your interesting theories, isn't it, John? <laughs> so what about these football players who go to gyms to be conditioned to be fit enough for oh, the games? Well, well, you, well that's, that's a means to an end, isn't it? They're, they're becoming fit to play their sport. They're not becoming fit, fit to look in the mirror and say, ooh. What if you or I went to the gym to get fit and live longer? Well, then that's for longevity. I'm all about that. I see what you're saying. You're making a very valid point that not all people go to the gym do it solely for um, cosmetic. No, that's not the right word. Solely for vanity reasons. Oh, sorry. I was momentarily distracted then by the, uh, the height that that clearance went to. Did you see it? It went quite high. Came back down inside the ground. Almost, o- almost as, as high as that crane over there. Yeah, there is a crane. And we should tell um, listeners why that crane is there. Next door to this ground being built at this very moment, but thankfully not this very moment, that was a lie, is a five-star hotel is about to be going in there. So that will be nice. Not a lot of progress since I've been living in Monton the last 18 months because of COVID. Mm. Seems to be stuck at foundation stage. Yeah. You know, if things go well with the podcast, Alex, we could possibly get a nice room in the five-star hotel once it's completed, broadcast from the room... With room service overlooking the Looking pitch. Looking down onto it, yeah. In fact, now I've mentioned yeah. that, that's definitely a I think there's a been... Um, now, if he can just play this... That's not. That's a great ball. Oh, oh my God. Keeper's got to be well, off. 
Now, is he off? Is he off this keeper? Yeah, he is. It's a straight red. I don't see why anyone can argue about that. Let's hope the player's okay more so than anything. So has Monton's uh, luck turned here? Coming to this game, having lost the last five players sent off in their last game. Now, Kanye have just had a player, uh, their goalkeeper sent off. Keeper was outside the box, though. We don't have the benefit of action replay, but I'm almost certain he was outside the box, even though the player himself flew. Uh, he looked as if he'd been in a motorcycle accident. He did so many flips through the air. Now, there's no VAR here, but we are here, John. Yeah. With our um, large mics. Perhaps they'll come over and ask us what they'll we ask think. It, well, I mean, I would ask our opinion. I think, okay, who can help us out here? Those two. And no real arguments by the keeper for that sending off. How do we paint a picture here? The the attacker was running towards, well, the edge of the box. It wasn't really on to go straight on goal. And the keeper, it was a 70-30 ball. 30 for the keeper, 70 for the attacker. The keeper decided, no, I'm not going to play the ball. I'll play the man. Yeah. Middle of his legs and sent him way up into the air. Now he has the lonely trudge across the pitch here to the tunnel. He's a big lad, isn't he, the keeper? As in muscular. See, I bet he goes to the gym. For a reason, and you know what that reason is? To upend attackers. <laughs> well, you did say you have a problem with gyms. Yep. So the ref has decided that is a free kick outside the box. Yeah, uh, by quite some distance. Oh, keepers over on that far Top post right. now. Deflection and over, okay. so it's a corner. It's another corner. Monton's third corner of the game. You're allowed to take a corner from either side, or do you have to take it from the one it went out? And the referee pointed to a corner on that side. And the fellow ran over this side. I'd have called that back and said, go over there where I told you. Is it like goal kit so you can take it anywhere you want? I don't think Surely so. Surely not, no. Come on, Monton. It's a goal. Yes, yes. it's a goal. Monton take the lead. Perfect. Fantastic. Oh, no, hang on. Hold on. Controversy. Oh, no. What's the referee saying? What's he doing? He's saying it was handball. The player's saying he pushed it in with his hand. I didn't see that at all. He looked like he headed it straight in. He's going to have a busy afternoon, this ref, at the moment. Oh. So, no, it's not a goal. And he's calling the player back to give him a card for the handball, I think. Yep, he's pulled over number two. He's going to give him a yellow. So, number two. Absolutely he's phenomenal. He's been in and out of this game a fair bit, hasn't he, number two? He's the one who went down in uh, agony with his knee that proved to be okay. Now he's got a yellow card for handling the ball into the net. Can't wait to see what he does in the second half. But that was a strange one. Why didn't he just head it in? Why use his hand? It was perfect height. Didn't like look like he had to jump particularly highly. It wasn't like a Diego Maradona situation. No, and by the way, um, I must uh, tell you that uh, Donna, my friend Donna. Oh, yes. Hamadonna. Hamadonna. She likes her name. Good. I told you she yeah, would. Yeah. Everyone likes fun names. Hamadonna. See, look at that. Pretty industrial clearance, that. I don't think uh, Le Cagnois... Uh, brought on a keeper. I think it's one of their defenders went in, didn't he? You, did you see what happened then? Uh, yeah, they didn't bring anyone on. Uh, defender went into the goal. Oh, nice tackle. He's good this lad. That's yeah, number, number nine, nine again. Well played, Monton. Now, I don't think that was offside. Do you? Yeah, there's a very handsome man taking pictures of us. <laughs> oh, it's Eric. <laughs> hey, Eric. So, so far, John, this game has gone um, seamlessly for us. We're here early. Yep. We're using the big equipment the big equipment that I can Nothing's see gone wrong. is recording I've got the headphones on in, in proper professional fashion this week sun continues to shine 
Our home team have uh, got the advantage. I've, I've fallen quite in love with our home team after just... Well, I can look at the big clock, do some quick maths. No, I can't. 30, 34 minutes. So I think to myself, something must go wrong in the second half. Crikey. Like someone comes up to us and says, what are you two doing? Tidal wave. Tidal wave. Mm. That could get us. Do you know that from here, this ground, you can mm. on a clear day see Corsica? Yeah, I did know that. And also, did you know that sometimes the waves get up high enough here that you can go surfing? I did know that too. Sport number five. I missed uh, my daily swim today. Oh, no. Oh, there's still time. Sport number six. Game, <laughs> game finishes at five. Ah, Luciano's just offered to get an interview with the players. It's that was very good of you, Luciano. It's a, it's a good opportunity in a game where it's kind of a relaxed, so maybe players can talk to the press. Oh, we've just been elevated. <laughs> press. I'm going to have to get a trilby if with we, one of those little press labels in it. Long enough, I'm sure we'd uh, get hold of someone. Well, the uh, defender stroke goalkeeper for Kanye is really um, taking on the role of being the motivator. You might be able to hear his voice in the background quite often. Who was that? The defender now keeper for ah. Kanye. I realised that if I think of Kanye West, I can name the team quite well. That's an excellent tip, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something else we should also just point out about coming to football here in Monton is um, at the Stade Luciana Orain, I think it's pronounced, um, his entry was free. I might have a word with them actually and say they should start charging. I mean, I'd pay at least a fiver to get in. I would. I'd have been happy to pay a fiver for this, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, he's in. Yeah, he's oh, gonna... he's scored. Oh, off the post. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Off the post. Off the Fantastic. Post. Oh, my goodness. That looked like a certain goal for Kanye then, but no. No. Can Monton now counter-attack? Number nine's making a run down the middle. Number 12, big lad. Oh, big taken lad. Got down. bowled over. He was almost rugby tackled there. Did you notice? He was, yeah. Sport number seven. Of course, we're around the corner from the uh, Rue Webb Ellis. Yes, Webb Ellis is buried in the cemetery here. And why are we pointing out his name? Um, Webb Ellis was the founder of rugby. That's correct. Went to rugby school. Yep. Retired and died here in Montreux. What was his first name? Is it Rob Webb Probably Ellis? something, um, you know, old. Well, he is dead. A popular old name. Oh, like Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I was thinking Tarquin. You know. Is your name Alex or is it Alexander? Alexander. Yeah. None of this Alexander. Alexander, come in, please. Your dinner's resting on the Argo. Put on Radio 4, be a good chap. I've been working on that book, actually, the, uh, on the Arga to the Iga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that one. From the Arga to the Iga. Cli the, so the social climber from the Arga <laughs> to the Iga. Oh, come on. It's hmm. a karate kick right there on that fellow, wasn't it? Kanye sneaking through. Kanye scored. That's a goal for Kanye. With just three oh minutes dear. to go before half-time, Kanye's come through. That's really the only bit of pressure they've had in the whole game. They made a, a little two-minute spell tell then. We've got three minutes, 37 seconds left, and Kanye take the lead. Here's our number nine, John. <laughs> Couldn't do much with that then. 
Good ball from the big lad, the number 12. Yeah, he put his weight behind that one, didn't he? Oh, lovely football. A bit too over hit, though. So last weekend's game, when uh, Monton lost 3-0 away to Toulon Reserves, um, the trainer, Stefan Collet, was lamenting that he had to play three reserves in the Monton lineup. Just looking at this first half, the um, 9 and 7 up front for Monton look about 18, don't they? Yeah, they do. Very look, young. Very young, very slight. Um, but both of them are playing exceptionally well. Perhaps yeah. they've taken the opportunity to, to move up the ranks. I mean, looking across, actually, the uh, the number 11, actually, it is. Sorry, yeah, not 7. 11. He 11 just had a shot that hit the crossbar, though. Yeah, he, he looks like he's about 12, in fact. We could possibly make up our team of, of young-looking players. There's a famous goalkeeper from uh, San Remo. Yes, of course. The 12-year-old looking who wears number 12. Yeah. <laughs> this is the 11-year-old who wears number 11. 11, yeah. Well played. Ooh. God, they're not mucking about with these challenges, are they? No, he, was, he tried to go right through them there. Oh. And number two is probably going to get a... Oh, he's already on a yellow. He's on a he? yellow, yeah. He's telling him, being told to calm down by the referee. It's definitely, I mean, you know, John... It's very easy, isn't it, as a fan or as a spectator to watch a game and think, I'd love to be on the pitch, wouldn't it mm. be fantastic, blah, 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 and all that. But I wouldn't want to be out there. They're putting in a proper shift, oh, running off. around, getting battered every five seconds yeah. by the opposition. There's less protection for the players at the lower leagues, it would seem. Mm. Do you think they treat us with a bit of extra respect, though, given that, you know... We're old. We're old, yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, you look like Steve McQueen crossed with James Bond, so they might think you might be blown away by your star power. <laughs> Whereas me... Well, you're also quite big, so I might be blown away by your size. Um, I'm just a poor man's Ian Dowie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you realise I'm going to have to call you that from now on. That was... Uh, Ian. That was something that was <laughs> levelled at me one time in a pub in America in Atlanta. Sounds a bit harsh. Oh, well, I was giving it out, and the lad gave it back. He said, you just... He actually called me just a fat Ian Dowie. I was a bit heavier in those days. And uh, I enjoyed it so much that I couldn't stop laughing for ages. I mean, you got to admit, when, you know, when someone catches you like that, you you got to take it. Yeah, you have. True. Well, he's got a good left foot as 12. That's a great ball. Trouble is, he's a beautiful ball, but to the 11-year-old, who's never going to win that battle. Ref's added a bit of time on here, supposedly for the goal and the red card, but he's had it on a good few minutes. He's looking at his watch. And there it is. It's time for half-time chat. Luciano, chef, architect, extraordinaire. We hi lost hi we hi lost everyone. your Hi everybody. We hi lost everybody. your recipe last time. So we're gonna do a new one today. <coughs> now do you yeah. want me to put the clock on you, or are you just going to go for it? Is it necessary? Not necessarily. Quite quick. Alex is telling him to speed up. Yeah, you were good, but we lost it. Uh, so you asked me about the sauce bolognese. Actually, the real name of the sauce bolognese in Italian is the ragu. Ragu. Ragu, which actually is a French word, which oh. means uh, in, in, like a, a sauce for pasta. Anyway, uh, what I wanted to, to give it's the Napolitan ragu, which is not only with beef. It's half and half pork and beef. Okay. So you start always with the sofrito, which is you put your chop your onions in the oil, 
you saute the onions till get till they get let's say the golden golden brown color. Okay. And then you put your half beef and half pork. Hold on, say. but you said the sofrito, so we're gonna yeah. put in some onions, celery, and carrots, correct? You, no, no, don't no. You don't put celery. You can put you can put carrots. Okay. You can put carrots. So I like carrots. So oil, not butter. <laughs> yeah, and I would say that uh, um, for Donna. Who for Donna, forgets, yes, forgets yeah. the don't carrots. She always yeah. forgets the carrots. Donna, don't forget the carrots. Yeah, no, Donna, don't forget the carrots, please. So then, when the sofrito is done, you put your meat. You start with pork and the beef, and then after I would say half an hour, when you saute the meat, mm-hmm. you put your tomato sauce. And okay. then you cook and cook and cook. When you say tomato sauce, do you mean a can of a half can of concentrated tomato sauce? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, it's more like the passata. So oh, the, the passata. Yeah, the so passata. I would say that I would use the same amount of meat and and sauce. So I would say one kilo of meat and one kilo of sauce. I got gotcha. you. Oh, and wow. then as you have to cook this as much as you can. If you cook for five hours, that's a good time. All right. So you should wake up very early in the morning on Sunday to have a, your good dish no, done for 1 p.m. Do it late Saturday night when you're having a couple yeah, of if wines you want. if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, do you put any wine into your sauce? Uh, yeah, sure. If you want. Sure. I do. But okay. uh, some people don't. My parents never do. But, you know, it's the end then. And then you just use your, uh, usually the rigatoni at the perfect format for right, me. Right. Right. But uh, some people use spaghetti. But uh, I would prefer short pasta because the rigatoni has the advantage that the little piece of meat, they go inside. Oh, yes. And when you eat one rigatoni, you have the surprise of a little piece of meat inside your rigatoni. And do you finish it off with parmigiano or no? Yeah, you can. You can, sure. Somebody put pecorino. Pecorino. My parents like pecorino, on the yeah. which With is a sheep. 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 You explained sheep it to me before. Cheese, sheep, yeah, sheep, yeah. sheep, a bit more saltier than... Yeah, than it's a bit more strong than parmigiano. Yeah, parmigiano okay. is, more, is more soft, I would say. It's more sweet. Oh, fantastico. Grazie yeah. mille, and Luciano. The next time, will you give me a request for the next time? Okay, I'll think of one. It's time for the second half. get underway. Monton have got to come back and uh, at least try and equalise to reverse this run of five defeats in a row. Can they go down a division? Is the one below this? I think they can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, we're getting closer to getting on the pitch, though, if you think about it. Yeah, true, yeah. So the sun's still just about on me, which is a good thing, because I'm only wearing shorts. Well, you've got your swarthy Mediterranean kit on again, haven't you? Now, it is a footy in the med tradition, John, to do our three facts. Should we, That's uh, right. I think you were doing a recipe with Luciano at halftime, weren't you? I did, yeah. It was a good one. It was for a proper uh, ragu. He said bolognese is not something that they say in Italy. They say ragu. Do they not? No. Okay. Perhaps a ragu de Bologna, but not a bolognese sauce. Okay, so... um, Let's stick with the football, Alex. None of this, you know. You're always talking about food and wine. But I, I get, you know, probably about 150 emails every hour from various people around the world. So we love your three facts. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting because I haven't had one. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you, honestly. Um, okay. So if I were to take Monton, Rapide oh. de Monton. Oh, yeah, take the easy option. Go yeah, on then. Exactly. So my first fact about Monton. Oh, good news here. But before you start, yeah, yeah. I've actually done research this week. So I have a good shout at knowing what the questions you're going to ask. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm genuinely excited. <laughs> you are. I can see a little yeah. ch- cheeky, chappy, chirpy cheeky, smile chappy. Go on. on your face there. Um Okay, so um, Monton, John, can yes. you tell me Monton. the year in which Rapide Omnisport de Monton 
was founded? Uh, only if I cheat and look at my own notes because I had that written down somewhere. But I'm on page three now because I'm doing the other. Oh, crikey. Oh, th- this just shows you how terrible my memory is. I wrote this down. So 1922. Not far out. 1916. Oh, actually, well, I'm surprised. I could have been anywhere. Could have been anywhere. I, I, I was completely clueless. All right. I've got one for you for Kanye. Okay. 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 What is Kanye's most viewed video on YouTube? Is it A, Gold Digger? Oh, hold on. <laughs> uh, Kanye. Um, wrong Kanye. Wrong Kanye. Kanye Le Croix. Hang on, good dribbling by our number 11, the uh, 11-year-old. But dispossessed and he went easily in robustly pushed off the ball. And he think he's knackered his hamstring. When was Kanye Le Croix? Oh, nice turn by the Kanye number 9 there. When were they founded? I'm going to get this question out if it kills me. Um, well, that's an interesting question, that job, because, and I'm very glad you asked me it, um, depends if you're talking about them in their most recent incarnation I or am. going back in history. No, no, just okay, the In their recent most one. recent incarnation, I'd say 2012. That's correct. And which two teams, part B, question A, uh, which two teams combined? Um, the Cagne on the C team. Yes, and Cagne the C on the Cagne team. And the Cagne, oh, okay. yeah. So that, hence I the name. I didn't know that bit. Ca- uh, oh, good save, Monton Keeper. That's a bullet light header, that was. Fantastic. Who is Monton's most famous player? <laughs> Subjective question. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go for. I'm going to get um, the oh. charming, handsome Frenchman Eric to tell me how to pronounce his name in a minute. All right, then. You give me a clue, because I've got a list here. Let me cheat. Quickly go through them. I'm going to go with your... You've probably picked... Uh, Felipe Mazzucchetti, or... Oh, no. It's got to be Cedric Absolutely. Oh, a little nutmeg there. Always like a nutmeg. By the Canyon number seven. They're looking dangerous, are they? They've begun this second half, even though they're a player down. Okay, it is uh, Cedric Varro, and now Eric is going to confirm how you pronounce that name. Eric, can you tell me how do you pronounce that name in immaculate Varro. French? Varro. 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 Cedric Varro. He uh, played for Nice 226 times, Saint-Tartier 92 times, and he played also for Dijon, where the scouting report was that he was mustard. Of course. Totally, he played 184 times at the senior level. Okay, you have done oh, some actually, proper research. Yeah, I did some research, you? I told you. No, 184 we times go to for, our local for Dijon. Often. He was mustered 184 times, that joke could have been told. Huh? We should come to our local ground more often. Yeah, well, it gives us time, doesn't it, to, to do things. My fact, number de, who was Canilico, most famous player? Well, now there's a question. You don't have that in your notes, do da do da. <laughs> I don't have that in my notes. <laughs> All right, his name was Jean-Pierre Cyprien. Oh, hang on, I know about him. Yeah, he played for France once. He played for France once. Nineteen ninety-four. Oh, I see. His I didn't solitary have cap. His solitary cap. He also played for Le Havre, Saint-Étienne, Torino. Now this is a tough one. This is a Swiss, te- Swiss team, Neuchâtel Zamax. Have you heard of them before? No, I never heard of them. Okay. No. Then he played for Lecce. I've got I've got Luciano behind me. Can correct my Lecce. Ma, ma, oh, perfect. Perfecto. Grazie, Emilia. I got Marseille and Cortone. 
Crotone. Crotone, they're Crotone. seen down the south of Italy, aren't they? Yeah, it's in Calabria. Calabria. In Serie A the last year. I don't know if you can hear Luciano behind me over the crowd noise, but that's what he was saying. Um, so Jean-Pierre Cipier had 350 senior appearances. So that's a, a great um, career. Okay, well done. You, yep. prob- now this is going to be a testing and searching question for you, though. Okay. Now. All right. Um, so Monton, as you know, John, has attracted a great many famous writers. Oh. Who've lived here. We've gone on to writing. Who is the most famous writer, arguably, to have lived in Monton? Um, and I'll give you a clue. Well, I'm glad you said arguably, because I know hundreds. First letter is A, uh, second one is W. Are they his initials or um, Alex Wade, you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that well, what you were uh, fishing for? Yeah, fishing, yeah. Another, another sport. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get you an opportunity to get fishing in. Well done, yeah. yeah no, you're right, Alex Wade is obviously the most famous writer to have lived in Monto. You've written four books, is it? One uh, novel, well, you three, know, three um, non-fiction? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've done my research on you. <laughs> I've written two others that are consigned to um, literary oblivion and live in my bottom drawer. Oh, and then there's, of course, you're not the next book you're currently writing, which I know about, but the one after, the from the Arga to yeah. the Iger, the social <laughs> climber. Well, that's the one that I've got the highest hopes for. <laughs> That'll be the apex of your career. <laughs> the apogee. The zenith. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got climbing in now as well. <laughs> climbing, sport number 10. Right. Who's, whose fact is it? Oh, no, it actually, yeah, no. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't you. No, because I'm probably not the most famous writer to have well, lived there's you, l- you know, there are some literary leviathans who've lived here. Yeah, okay, well, um, I'm going to go with Catherine Mansfield. Yeah. Correct. She lives here. Who's the road there. I live in? Yeah, road you live on. That's correct. Um, and then, oh, well, there's a... Key key to Gordon Bennett. Was Gordon Bennett a writer or not? Uh, you, you know more about Gordon Bennett than me. I did do the research on him, but I yeah. couldn't remember he'd written anything. He was an American fellow, wasn't he? I don't know. Soci- socialite, everyone, you know. So the phrase, oh, Gordon Bennett, I, I even found out the etymology of that, but guess where that is? Confined to the dustbins of my mind, much like your fourth book. Um, so I don't remember any of it. <laughs> Lovely bit of skill by this lad. Number 11, uh, brought down outside the area. <laughs> That was a free kick. That was a free kick. The locals are saying he got Mont the ball. Monton um, Hardcore don't like that decision. But, no, but that, that was quite obviously a free kick. We're obviously not the Monton Hardcore because uh, our scrupulous need for objectivity crept in then. And um, yeah. I think we can still be objective but mm. also passionately support the local team. Yeah. No, so um, I think probably, you know, just a tiny bit more famous than me. Um, Give me a Samuel clue. Beckett. Oh yeah, Vladimir Nabokov. You actually like Samuel Beckett, don't you? I love Beckett. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Nabokov, uh, that famous book by Nabokov. Remember? Uh, yes, I do. Um, Lolita, very controversial these days, of course. Well, um, controversial when it was published. And what what song was that popularised in? Um, I, I this little excursion into popular culture is going to defeat me. I can't remember. It is the police's hit. Don't stand so close to me. Wet bus stop, uh, she's waiting. Yeah, you did tell My me that, car yeah. is warm and dry. He starts to shake and cough, just like the old man in that book by Nabokov. So the lyrics are something like that along there. All right, Alex, fact number three. Okay. It's not really that interesting, it's just another play, I'm afraid. But it's going to be a telling question. Well, I don't know whether we can have it right now because we could be looking at another Atletico Medico moment. Oh, okay. And Stephen would, would yeah, want us to pay attention. Sorry, Steve. Point. I was going to ask a boring question about ex-players. Here we go. Oh, the Medico's got to do a full pitch. 
Oh, brilliant. This could take us beyond the 24 seconds that was achieved in the first half. We could even use the digital clock as well, couldn't we, to time yeah, it see. rather than yeah, my yeah. counting. Good thinking. Oh, they've determined he's too far away from the Atletico Medico, so he's just going to tell him to get up off the ground. Oh, there you go. Do you think <laughs> that's what the communication <laughs> was? It was. I'm not Sorry, coming lads. over there. I can't be bothered. Get injured over here next yeah. time. Crikey. That was different. Oh, and now there's another form of a player who's been substituted, hobbling around. It's a bit, it's a bit of a battleground out there. Here's our 11-year-old. 11-year-old, number 11. Good player, but I would say Johnny needs to go to the gym. Yeah, he probably does. Okay, there's another reason to go to the gym. And he could do some, you know, Olympic-style weightlifting. Sport. That's a bit of rowing. Sport number 11 and 12 right there. Okay, my fact number three is just another player. But you've got to tell me which country does this man hail from. Okay. You ready? Yep. Marco di Costanzo. I bet, okay. you, I bet you can't work it out. Well, is it from... Do you know what? I can actually get away with saying this. Is he from that country over there, to yeah, the left? Yeah, to the left, right there on the border. He is from Italy. And he was a French uh, national as well, so he must have had dual citizenship. He played for Nice 30 games, then he moved around a bit. I had two other players, Janik Tamazout, who's French, who played for Nice and Cannes. And um, a guy called Nicolas Verdier, um, who had a solid career of 300 appearances, can Gazelek Ajaccio, Brest, some Belgian clubs, most of them amateur. But what's interesting is the number of people that have been through this ground here in Monton. And you, you mentioned one or two players. But tell me the name of the former French national team coach who used to play for Monton. Laurent Blanc. <laughs> Eric Cantona. <laughs> no. It's got to be one of them. No, neither of those. Do you ever remember Michel Hidalgo? Yeah, I do. Yeah, He, he used to play here, did he? Yeah, French caps, one. He played for Reims. That's R-E-I-M-S. That's the connect. We could ask uh, Eric how you actually pronounce Reim. Everyone says Reim, but yeah. apparently in French it's Reims. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Monaco. But that's who he played for. But he coached the French team to victory in the Euros in 1984 and reached the semi-finals of the 82 World Cup, did old Michel Hidalgo. But he, yeah, he was um, a player here in Monaco, in Monton, and coached Monton as well. Oh, I really didn't know that. Yeah. And then some other interesting um, player yeah. were... Give me a clue and see if I can detect them. Uh, well, you won't, I don't think you'll get this fella. Stéphane Colette. Where was he from? He's their current coach. Is he really? Yeah. Well, he's French Madagascan. Uh, he played for Nice. We played for Monton. He played for Nice, Strasbourg, Lyon, Real Sociedad, who, of course, we've seen in the European thingy game. Um, he's played for Madagascar three times, so he's, he's quite, quite the man. Oh, well, he said after last weekend's performance that he was... Resigné mais pas abattu. He is resigned to do the tutu. What's he doing? Uh, resigned but not defeated. Oh, well, there you go. And then there was Frédéric Rouet, who played for Lyon, Nîmes and Cannes. Philippe Majouchetti, who's French, not Italian. Plays for Nice, Nîmes, Perpignan, Toulon. I mean, there's hundreds of players who've been through this little ground. Oh, you, you've... Um yeah, I, I did do my research as well, but I didn't find any of them. Well, it was in the deep recesses of the interweb. Oh, we We've actually got two players, players on the ground at the time. 
My goodness. I think one of them might have dived sport number 14. It's number nine, the player who we both rate. Um, being sportingly pulled to his feet. Yes. By a Cagney player. Sportingly, I think, is a sportivement. Now, is, uh, you were railing against the term professional foul recently, and then you just used the word sportingly to say yeah. how someone was being dragged up. It's the flip the side ground. of the same coin, isn't it? Is, uh, good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. But I think it's really tough, isn't it, for the number 11? Oh, we Jesus. <laughs> Honestly. Eric, um, what are they saying? The, the supporters. Yeah, you know, the, when you're on ice, you know, when you dance on ice. Ah. Yeah, the triple axel. Oh, okay. yeah. ah. Ice skating, yeah. sport number 15. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Or 16. I don't know. I'll have to count in the edits how many sports we've got here at the Rapid Omnisport de Monton. So it's 1-0 to Kanye. And time for um, a footwear observation moment. Well, here at the lower leagues, let's see what we've got. Because we have noticed at higher echelons, the more colours you see. Which would be weird, because, I mean, anyone can go and buy a pair of boots. But keeper over there, well, substitute, oh no, he's the real keeper. He's got white boots on. And not that many colourful ones. Do you see any colourful? Mostly black. No, not really. A couple of blues. There are some blues. Yeah, mate. Got but a couple of blues. In an extraordinary turn of events, not a single orange pair. <gasps> or pink or red oh no that's when you know you've come down a few notches there's no one out there see it's all got confidence this game there's no one out there thinking I know what I'm going to wear orange don't you think I mean I think even if in some alternative universe I was actually a football player playing professionally I think I'd wear traditional black boots really yeah I, 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 it's these I, kinds of insights that just lend such colour commentary this to this game. This is why people listen to us. I would wear black boots because of an old school insistence on the values of the game from the past. All right, no sponsorship either on your shirt. You'd be like, I'm not wearing that. Well, no, I mean... I'd what number do you want? I don't want a number. I'm a bad boy. Oh, I see. You're like the bad boy for the block. Is that what it is? I'm a bad boy. Black boots, black socks. I'm a bit like a your moral opposition to the world of gyms, right? Yeah, I don't really have a moral would, opposition to the world of gyms. I would be morally opposed to the idea of colours on boots, possibly. Oh, I see. That would be it would bring in frivolity to the whole thing, whereas yeah. football's a serious business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can. I, I know. I I'd definitely be wearing some colourful boots. You would be wearing. Well, we've boots. discussed this in the past. I mean, if it can help distract from my lack of ability, I'd be like, yeah. People go, oh, look at him. He must what, be good. What colour would you wear then? I don't think that's on record yet, is it? Um, if you could do neon green, I'd do neon green. Neon green? Yeah, but I don't think you could do those. I used to have a really nice pair of uh, Puma SPA Kings. I inherited them from my from from Atletico Medico Steve. Uh, he didn't need them anymore. I think he was 18 and I was 12. Gives you a slight indication of our relative sizes. So I had those. And they were black with... Most people had a white heel. Mm. Like a wedge that was in there, which I think called SPA Royales or something like that. But my SPA Kings had a luminescent, greeny, yellowy thing. So you were oh, a bit they were they were just flashing flamboyant even there. Oh, exceptional. 
didn't improve my play at all, of course. Oh, lovely, uh, lovely turn. Can he get away with it? No, he can't. But he's won a free kick. This looks like it's going badly against Monton at the moment, this mm. game. 11 plays 10, but you wouldn't think it. John, I know you like your literary history, so um, as um, Monton take this goal kick, I'll quickly tell you that round the corner from here is mm. the Jardin de los Novelistas. Did uh, you know that? Los Novelistas, I'm going to go with uh, the novelists. Uh, yeah, yeah, Look, yeah. Uh, is that Spanish? Uh, yeah, it was um, Spanish writer Vicente Blasco Ibanez, who okay. is undoubtedly pronounced differently yeah, than that. Uh, let's go with that. Uh, he was a Monton resident, loved the place, and um, he had this amazing old building around the corner, which has largely fallen down, but you can still see the sort of ruins of the garden there. Oh, is that the, um, the uh, Fontana or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and there are dedications that you can look through and see the names Dickens, Cervantes and Balzac. But back in the day, uh, writers could use the grounds of um, those gardens mm. and access his library of 5,000 books free of charge. Well, does, good, that, eh? well good. does that mean you can go in now then? Well, that's what I was thinking. I think I might have some, you know, kind of privileged access yeah. Yeah. for my research and argus and igers. <laughs> I have to say, John, at the moment, I don't want to be rash, but with um, just over 19 minutes left to go, I don't see Monton scoring. Well, it only takes 30 seconds to score a goal, famously. Um, maybe I should consult my new book and then start shouting instructions from the stands. I mean, they will be able to hear, hear me to help them out. But I'll tell you, as a, uh, a casual viewer of football, it's 11 plays 10 and they're trying to force it too much they should be passing on the ground more make the opposition run more get more tired wait patiently for the for the op opportunity to strike but they're just lobbing it long yeah and they're not taking advantage of the fact that they've got an extra man on the pitch tight triangles pass it move the ball quickly make them run after the ball repeat see look long hoof yeah Oh, and control. great control but lost possession so that <laughs> was actually superb control yeah, yeah. is that your number killed 11 it, number yeah 11? killed it dead with the outside of his right Oof, foot another rough tackle oh and now some fighting going on uh, we've had boxing already but that could have been a bit of wrestling there so sport number yeah, 17 yeah more wrestling yeah we actually haven't seen a fight at any of these games yet have we, we haven't have we well we've the, the supporters at the San Remo game would fight anybody true true Well, maybe that that was your premonition right there. Not a goal, but you've predicted a fight. That well, was close to blows there on the side of the pitch. Decent ball. Oh, no. Oh, there That's it is. That. There's the, the thing that I can do. <laughs> yep. What, what he did was he was watching the player he was going to pass the ball to before he'd received the ball, and before he knew it, the ball had gone under his foot and out of play. Yeah. That's definitely my kind of skill level there. Yeah, I've done that in a really embarrassing game moment once, actually, when some actual friends of families came along to watch it. Oh. <laughs> the final of the Southern Sunday Amateur League Cup, oh. some kind of cup game, played at Tooting in Mitchum's ground, and right in front of my wife and my best mate's wife, Yeah, I did exactly that. Oh, my goodness. Is this therapy for you now, then? A, a, seeing someone else do it, and then B, talking about it openly on the podcast. Well, I was hoping you were going to edit that bit, actually. No, no, I'm keeping that. 
Wow, you can really feel the temperature drop now. The sun's gone in, can't you? Yeah, especially yeah. if you're stupid enough to be at this game wearing shorts. Yeah, how's that decision going for you now, you think? Starting to feel a bit foolish. Yeah, do you want to borrow my coat to put on your legs? No, 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 I'm tough enough, tough enough. All oh, right, okay. My regime of swimming a mile in the sea out here every day. You didn't swim today though, did you? <laughs> exactly, I failed. Because I was preparing for this podcast. Muscled off the ball there. Our, our slight number 11. But he gave gave back as good yeah, as he, he got, did, didn't he? he? Did. <laughs> My goodness. He's given away a free kick, even. He's like a... Does he remind you of that number 11? I was just about to say, he would make Steve McManaman look like the Hulk. Yeah. To give <laughs> listeners some idea. of, But it kind of willow-the-wispy kind of mm. uh, player. Yeah, he has the same sort of physical structure as Peter Crouch, but not the height. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Some good he, football he, here, you see. Oh, that wasn't very nice at all. And is he off? I wouldn't be surprised if he is off for that. Yellow card for number to be 10. Honest, for number 10 by Monson there. That was really cynical. Didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Round his studs down the back of the Kanye player's um, ankle at the back. Yeah. In fact, I really um, object to that, John. Mm. Because he lost control. He, he, he took the ball away nicely from the first Kanye player. And then he bottled the uh, second challenge. Lost possession. Yep. Went back in really cynically like that. Yeah, well, it was a bit, of, bit of cowardice there, wasn't I think, it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the word I'd use, yeah. And uh, most people would call it something else. But I think we want to keep the podcast clean. But the second word is housery. Bit of gamesmanship going on here. Passing the ball back and forth like a game of tennis. Thank you. Sport number 18. Number 10 again ten going in. in again. Studs He's up. Maybe he just doesn't know how to tackle properly. I think he does, you know. He's quite a hefty proposition in a tackle as well, isn't he? He looks a bit mean, doesn't he? I think that's why no one's objecting directly to him. Oof. That's a good effort. Half volley. It was a good chance, though, there for Kanye. It went west of the goal. I said Kanye's shot went west of the goal. Been waiting half an hour for that one. <laughs> I was concentrating on Luciano and Camilla and what they were up to. Incoming. We have we have a, a guest, a special guest here. If we can introduce um, Helene, the uh, the wife of uh, Ian Dowie here. Yeah. And um, Helene, how has it been for you since um, Ian here became a podcaster? First of all, who's Ian? Um, <laughs> second of all... <laughs> Oh, Watching this game. Tim, Tim. Oh my God! Oh, We've missed goal. a goal. Oh, I didn't. I saw it. Oh, I'm with five minutes to go. Montana back in the game. Did I ever see that goal? I saw it go in. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're free to go. Thank you, Eric. Eric. You'll have seen it. Good goal. Good goal. Yeah, good, good shot, yeah. Okay. Marvelous. And I don't know if you've noticed, John, but there's. Um, I'm really delighted to say there's uh, one of the fans is wearing a QPR shirt. She's about four years old, I'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah, but fully uh, makes her own decisions completely when it comes to uh, clothing. It is strange that she picked QPR, isn't it, of all the clubs she could have picked? Well, she insisted. And has she ever been to Loftus Road, do you think? Not yet, not yet. I'm saving the best to last. Oh, you know the young girl. Oh, quite oh, we're uh, sort uh, of related, yeah. Oh, right. I thought it's just a random fan here in Monton wearing Good a QPR to see the blue top. blue and white hoops. So you know, no one wearing a Liverpool shirt here today. I've got one on right now. You just can't see it. Mm. I've also got my Liverpool underpants on. As this game comes to an end, that's a <laughs> vision I can conjure with. Oh, we 
We've seen players take their shorts off at the end of the match. We have, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, number 11. Number nine. Number oh, nine. what a come ball. On. Is he in? Is in the he dying in? seconds, keeper going to make a bad decision. Oh, he's in. Has he made it? Oh! oh. This has been brilliant bit of football here. Right, right little the end. end of the game. Oh, oh my that. gosh, Fantastic the corner skill. Oh. oh, the big fella coming in from the back. Look. The ball comes floating in. Keeper's lost it. Number nine into the ground. Oh. Step over from number 10. Tricked himself. That's right, Benji. Go, go, go. That's correct. You'll be a coach one day, that lad. Oh, my goodness, referee. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. They Monton have just given a free kick. Maybe five, six yards outside the box. Have you noticed? You know Nice Matan, the newspaper? Yes. Have you noticed how um, popular the sport of basketball is around here? I have, yeah, yeah. Is that another sport? Page after page after page of it in Nice Matin. Nice Matin. Well, the free kick came in and resulted in a corner for Cagnier. Nice Matin, of course, is um, because the the city Nice is just down the road and Matin means morning. So it's the morning newspaper of Nice. But uh, in English, it means nice morning, if you think about it. Yeah, uh, kind of true, true. silly, uh, silly translation. And that's the end of the game. There we go. With a lot of players on the ground, everyone's falling to the ground. Well, I'm not really surprised in some ways. I mean, that was a pretty hard game, wasn't that it? That was a rough and tumble. We game. Know we have four different players uh, <laughs> lying on the pitch with cramped two from each side. All right. Well, that wraps up the game today. Uh, thank you very much, Monton versus Kanye. We ended up in a one-one draw. It was an okay result, I suppose, for both teams. Well, it's not bad for Monton, really. I mean, they they lost the last five in a row coming mm. into this. So to get a point, get a draw against the second-place team, uh, will they feel that's a job well done, or did they throw it away, given they were up against ten men for most of the game? Uh, I don't know, but at least they didn't lose. All right. Well, until next time, on Footy in the Med. See you. See you soon. Join us next time for Footy on the Med.